This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Today we are talking with not one, not two, not even three, but a four-time Grammy Award winner, Sarah Jarose. How are you and welcome. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You, you know, I am excited to talk to you and even more excited to see your show when you're here in Annapolis at Ramsted Presents Show, which is going to be at Maryland Hall on February 5th. And you're traveling with the Ballroom Thieves. Um, I did just peek and there are a few tickets left. And I mean, that's a 680 seat venue. So, I mean, there's probably a couple dozen tickets left. So for those that are looking to go see an amazing night of entertainment, ramsheadonstage.com or marylandhall.org is where you need to go to suck up those tickets as soon as you can because it's going to go fast. So I'll tell you, you are out here on tour supporting your seventh album, Polaroid Lovers, which releases actually in a few days from now when we're recording. So congratulations on that. And I think Thank you so much. Yeah, and I think Annapolis is the only show in the region that you're going to be touring. I mean, you're going sort of through here and then you're going down south and then out west a little bit. So we don't have many chances to see you here. So tell me a little bit about the album. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 thrilled that it's finally coming out. Um, as you said, it's my seventh record and yeah, I'm just it feels kind of like there's a lot of new newness uh, to this album. There's there's some some new sonic territory for me, um, some drumming and, and guitar playing that I feel like I've I've definitely dipped my toes into in on past records, but sort of felt like I jumped all the way in um, for this record. And so it's yeah, it's it's a lot of newness. There's a lot of energy, um, a lot of songs that I'm really excited about. Well, it does. I mean, the few tracks that I have heard from it, it seems a lot more um, rocky. And I mean that in a rock and roll sense, as opposed to unstable <laughs> um, than most of, <laughs> most of your other stuff, which is, you know, typically very mellow. And it's got a whole different sound than what I'm used to hearing from Sarah Jarose. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a couple tracks that uh, are absolutely that way. The, the first single that came out, Jealous Moon, which is the first song on the record, is sort of totally what you're describing and um you know at the end of the day i i want to do what what the song what what serves the song the best and kind of arrange a song in a way that'll make the song sort of have have its fullest you know live live to its fullest extent um so to speak and so you know there's definitely still moments i think the cool thing about this record is that it does have some of those new sounds and it is exploring sort of new territory there for me, but it still very much feels like me. And, um, you know, I'm kind of playing octave mandolin almost throughout the whole record. And there's, you know, there's some sonic things that I think will feel like Columbus in 89th is another song that was released already. And there's, there's a few moments that I think will feel a bit more familiar to fans that have been listening to my music for a long time, but there's also some new things to discover as well. Very cool. Where did the um, title come from, Polaroid Lovers? So it comes from uh, one of the songs that has been released. Uh, it's called When the Lights Go Out that I wrote with um, my friend John Randall and another great writer, Gordy Sampson. And um, the line, there's a line in the chorus um, that's in a dream. We were Polaroid lovers. And I just really, it stuck out to me kind of when we wrote it as, a line that could make for a good title. I, it kind of has two two meanings for the title. I mean, one very sort of literally lovers in a Polaroid picture. And then I also sort of in the end felt like each song almost felt like a snapshot, felt like a, a, a Polaroid in a way, a, a capturing of 
of a moment in time and talking about, you know, how, how time is fleeting and, and this idea of a Polaroid being, you know, capturing this moment in time that that moment is over, but you kind of have the memory of the moment and some of the songs sort of talk about that. And yeah, I, I liked, I really loved the, the title for those reasons. Talked about writing songs and Ramshead puts on the Annapolis Songwriters Festival every September. It's sort of their northern version of the Key West Songwriters Festival, which they own. But uh, last year, I was mm-hmm. actually surprised when I was talking to a couple of the artists on how they tackle songwriting. They tackle it like a nine to five. It's like, OK, we're going to go into the conference room and we're going to write. And I'm, I always thought it was more sort of shower based to writing music. <laughs> uh, I mean, how do you how do you write write your songs? It depends. I mean, I think with this record, I actually did sort of think about it more in that nine to five mindset than I ever have before in a way. Um, And I got together with some writers that uh, really are people that I've admired for a long time. And and they sort of pushed me um, and allowed me to sort of have some growth on that front. But it, it sort of varies depending on the season, different seasons of life, depending on what's going on. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm touring, when I'm actually on the road, I find it very difficult to, to write on the road because, you know, you're constantly moving. You, you never really have alone time. Um, I think I'm gathering ideas uh, during that time. But in terms of actually organizing those ideas and sort of figuring out what melodies work with what lyrics. I, I do sort of feel like I need to be in um, a quieter, a quieter space um, and off the road, um, whether it's alone writing on my own or whether it's writing with other people. My new year's resolution was not to bring it up and I'm going to break it here with you, but <laughs> did, were you like a writing banshee during COVID? <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. Uh, to be honest, I know it was a, a lot of people were. I I definitely feel that I'm a write. I write in cycles, um, and so I'll have periods of time where I feel very inspired and I'm writing a lot. I had just finished one of those cycles, um, literally right before you know February 2020. I finished my record World on the Ground that came out in 2020. And so I kind of felt like I was a little creatively spent. And then I think being at home, um, I, I sort of had the reaction of, well, there, I'm not living, I'm not experiencing a lot of life and there's not too much to write about <laughs> at the moment. Um, so it really was when things, one of the things that kind of pulled me out of that was starting to write for this record and, and getting together and collaborating and sort of feeling that spark again. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, on the show, again, that's on February 5th. Um, obviously going to feature a whole lot of the new stuff, but we're going to hear some of your earlier works as well, I'm hoping, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've kind of been working on crafting a set list that uh, touches on all of all of the, my al- albums um, over the years. And um, I've kind of had some fun comments from people online saying, I've been asking people what song, what older songs of mine they want to hear. Um, so we'll definitely have moments for that. But also, obviously, there will be a lot of a lot of the new songs from the new record. It's funny you talk about my older songs and over the years. And somebody that doesn't know you might say, Oh well, she must be like sixty. Um, but you, know, you you got your first professional start really in two thousand nine, which wasn't too long ago, and that was right after you got out of school. And right out of the gate, you got your first Grammy nod. In ten years, 
you had three of your four Grammys in your pocket. I mean, is that surreal to you? You couldn't even <laughs> drink to celebrate it. <laughs> it, was, it, it is surreal. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm just so grateful for it. Uh, I, I, I remember being, uh, you know, a six, six or seven year old kid sitting at home watching the Grammys when, when I was little and just dreaming, never thinking that it would actually happen, but, you know, dreaming maybe someday. So the fact that it has happened is, is very, very special. Um, and yeah, super, super surreal, super cool. <laughs> that, that's, that has to be, it has to be. Um, I mean, your career so far, I mean, you have, I feel, and I'm from what I've listened to you, you've certainly matured and changed as an artist. And I think you probably agree with that as well. But do you think there's a lot more room to go as you continue your career out of your 60s? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the best part of being a musician, being being a creative person. You know, I think you kind of the goal is to not ever feel like you've you've reached the finish line in a way because because that what that would mean would kind of mean an end to, to cr the creative spark, you know? And so I think whether I'm touring forever, like touring is kind of its own thing. And I'm, you know, I want to, it's, I talk a lot with my musical friends about finding a healthy balance of being on the road and being at home. But in terms of actually recording and writing and creating music, I hope that it's something that I'm doing for a very, very long time. Here's a question for you. If you got a call right now from your manager and says, hey, we've got a co-bill, okay? You can perform in stage with any artist, dead or alive. Who are you picking? Oh, my God. That's so hard. <laughs> um, well, I mean, one of the first people that pops to my mind is Paul Simon. You know, I think he is creatively just kind of tops for me in terms of just an all-around uh, incredible musician. I mean, Bonnie Raitt comes to mind. Yeah, I don't know. The, the list is long, but the, those, I don't know, just off the top of my head, those are the first two people I thought of. Okay, so if, you're, if your manager called up and said, hey, we've got Paul Simon and Bonnie Raitt, they want you to do a third, you're there. I mean, I, <laughs> absolutely. Not, not a second thought. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, you know, it's you talked about, you know, playing instruments since you were nine or so and you didn't really grow up in a musical household did you I mean your parents were teachers oh I did I did very much so yeah I mean they my parents were teachers not of music but I think that my mom is uh she's played guitar and sang and written songs her whole life as a hobby and and my dad is I would I would be willing to to bet he's maybe the biggest music lover on the face of the planet he, he just always records playing always making mixtapes um, very, very, very mu musical loving household. Ah, that's interesting. Well, I'll tell you what would, if the music thing didn't work out, what would you be doing today? You have any idea? I don't know. I, it's, it's always been music. Um, I mean, maybe something in, uh, in food or, or I'm like really into, I'm like a foodie and I love cooking. I love someone like Ina Garten. I think that that would be like, my alternative reality dream life to like work with be someone like her or like work with someone like her. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's funny. You talk about cooking and I, I just read before I was researching before I got on the phone here, 
I was reading the interview in Garden and Gun magazine, and I kind of laughed at that. I didn't realize that <laughs> <laughs> such a thing existed. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good publication. Well, you are a newlywed, too, I understand. I am, yes. Congratulations. Well, your husband, Jeff Picker, who's got an appropriate name, is also your bassist. But what do you guys do um, for fun? Because life can't all be about mandolins and guitars. Um, well, so he is my bassist sometimes. He won't be with me in Annapolis. Uh, he, he's currently also on the road with Nickel Creek, so he's going to be out with them for most of the year. Uh, but we, you know, we, uh, we have a really great community of friends here in Nashville and love going out to dinner when we are actually in town, love cooking at home. Um, you know, it's just normal, normal stuff. We love going for hikes. There's there's an amazing, there's some great, great hiking places here in Nashville, which I wouldn't have expected, but uh, it's been a pleasant, pleasant discovery of moving here. True. Well, you've sort of made the rounds too, because I mean, you were born in Texas, schooled in Boston, you lived in New York for a while, and mm-hmm. now now Nashville, I guess, is home for you. Yeah, it's really, it's been, it's been great. We've, we've, we feel uh, really at home and, and settled here and, and love, love living here. And in the, in the summer, there's amazing kayaking opportunities. That's another hobby that I neglected to mention. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I'll tell you, as we wrap up our time here, there are still a few tickets at ramsheadonstage.com for Sarah's show. And again, that's Monday, February 5th. It's at 7.30. The doors do open at 6.30. It's at Maryland Hall. And you you could and you should check out Sarah's website at sarahjarose.com. And that's S-A-R-A-H, spelled the proper way, J-A-R-O-S-Z.com. And I got one last question for you. With seven albums now under your belt, when you step on that stage, is there one song that you never tire of? Maybe it has some special meaning to you that you're like, this is why I'm here. Song? Mm. I think it would be a tie. Um, it would be a tie between my song "Build Me Up from Bones," um, which I I don't know. I feel a special con- connection to audiences with that song, and it's sort of if I had to pick one of my originals, um, it sort of feels very very me, and, and I feel very kind of grounded in that song. Um, but also um, Bob Dylan's "Ring Them Bells," which I've been covering since I was about 15 years old. I play that in just about every one of my shows now. It's, it's sort of become part of my, my repertoire, even though it's a cover. Um, that song, I absolutely never get tired of singing, and it just has a way of always... The, the lyrics just seem to accompany whatever is happening in the world, um, even to this day. So it's, it's a perfect song. That's awesome. Sarah Jarose, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Can't wait to see you at the show on the 5th at Maryland Hall, and I wish you a safe trip up here. And uh, I'm really looking forward to a fantastic show and your new album. Polaroid lovers. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to to be in Annapolis again. Take
This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.